Hello, everyone. You're listening to the Liberty Update with Jake and Bree. There's lots to cover in this week's lineup of your need-to-know news, like Mitch McConnell's bizarre freeze in front of the press. We'll touch on that today, plus we're giving you some insight on the simulated Article 5 convention hosted by Convention of States Foundation that is happening in just six days in Virginia. We'll also fill you in on the DOJ removing sex trafficking from its website. And finally, we'll highlight some super interesting data on how many federal employees are actually going into their office buildings for work. And trust us, you'll be shocked. Thanks so much for tuning in. You've probably seen the footage by now. The octogenarian senator from Kentucky, Mitch McConnell, left reporters baffled on Wednesday when he froze mid-sentence during a press conference, staring off in a space before being awkwardly escorted away from the podium. You can watch the video now on conventionofstates.com. It's truly unnerving and bizarre. Footage of the incident quickly went viral on social media with users pointing out the obvious that Mitch McConnell, after nearly four decades in the Senate, is too old for office. According to CNN, McConnell has fallen multiple times this year, suffering on one occasion a concussion that put him out of Congress for weeks. Although he survived polio as a child and has long struggled with walking, the concussion coupled with his freeze-up on Wednesday have called into question his fitness for office. Unfortunately, Mitch is not the only swamp creature whose capacity for service has been questioned. Senator Dianne Feinstein, who is 90, faces calls for resignation after a three-month absence from the Senate due to shingles. Even after returning, Feinstein continued to struggle with health complications, missing out on multiple votes. She has held her current government position for over 30 years. And then there's the 83-year-old Nancy Pelosi, who raised more than a few eyebrows when she defended Joe Biden's age in a recent interview. He's a kid to me, she awkwardly giggled. Pelosi is currently serving out her 19th term. And of course, who can forget old Joe himself? The 46th president of the United States has been in politics since... Well, since a time when he could cavort with KKK members and promote segregation. I need not reiterate his well-documented history of gaffes, getting lost on stage, making up words, and completely losing his train of thought. All of this considered, is there any question that Washington, D.C. needs term limits in now? Well, the office of president is limited to two terms. Effectively, no one else in the D.C. swamp is restricted in how much time they can spend in the Capitol. Of course, we need not hold our breath and wait for Congress to term limit itself. The only way to do it is through an Article 5 Convention of States. The countdown to the simulated Article 5 convention hosted by Convention of States Foundation is on. In just six days, commissioners from 49 states will unite in Colonial Williamsburg, Virginia to participate in the simulation, which is ultimately a peaceful discussion among state delegations. Today, we'll give you some insights on what's happening during the simulation and how you can take part in all the action. After commissioners arrive on Wednesday, the simulation will kick off with a welcome ceremony. The dynamic action will begin early on Thursday when all commissioners gather to elect a president of the convention. Following the selection of a president, commissioners will break off into three committees, and each committee will be tasked with considering amendment proposals on one of the three subject matters, either legislative and executive jurisdiction, fiscal restraints, or term limits and federal judicial jurisdiction. 
Then on Friday, which is the final and most important day of the convention, each of the three committees will bring their proposals to the table and a larger discussion will ensue among the full assembly. Commissioners will vote on proposed amendments and the nation will observe and learn from this process. Engaged citizens are preparing to witness the Founders' prudent provision carried out in the present day. Kansas citizens are hosting a watch party, and citizens in Ohio and Wyoming have recruited several state representatives to attend the simulation. And you too can take part in all the action. Next Friday's proceedings will be live streamed for all to observe, and you can stay up to date through social media updates as well. Americans must choose to either use the Constitution and its tool to address government dysfunction or gradually lose the Constitution to overreaching federal authorities. Well, by now you've probably heard of Sound of Freedom, the anti-child sex trafficking film which continues to soar at the box office despite heinous media attempts to take it down. Altogether, Sound of Freedom has raked in $124 million on a less than $15 million budget and in a summer market inundated with big budget franchise blockbusters. While some may see this as an important milestone in raising awareness about the horrors of child sex trafficking, the media isn't so pleased, mocking the film in its audiences contemptuously. Shockingly, even as the media works double time to smear Sound of Freedom, reports surface that the Biden administration's Department of Justice quietly removed information about sex trafficking from its website earlier this year. According to the New York Post, quote, approximately two-thirds of the text on the DOJ's anti-child sex trafficking webpage was cut over recent weeks, including sections on international sex trafficking of minors, domestic sex trafficking of minors, and child victims of prostitution. This incident perfectly highlights the ongoing clash between the American people who in this case are showing up in mass to protest sex trafficking and the media government alliance which not only downplays the horrors of trafficking, but laughs at anyone who takes it seriously. Middle America and America's elites could not be more diametrically opposed on this issue, and the latter has no problem with vaunting its disdain for the former. To join Convention of States in taking power from the ruling class, the elites, and bringing it back to the American people where it belongs, go to conventionofstates.com today and sign our petition. Are government employees hard at work, or are they hardly working? Well, data suggests the second answer. A new report from the Government Accountability Office indicates that most employees in 24 different federal agencies don't show up to their offices for work. While the scope of remote work is uncertain, the real kicker to taxpayers is that government agencies maintain their empty federal office buildings while using a minimal amount of the space which is just costing taxpayers billions. All 24 buildings included in the review are underutilized, the report says. Most agency headquarters are under 25% capacity, or in other words, 75% empty. So these office spaces include the Department of Defense, the Department of Energy, and the Department of Health and Human Services. Several buildings remain under 10% capacity, or in other words, 90% empty. Offices in this quartile include the Department of Agriculture, the Department of Housing and Urban Development, and the Social Security Administration. 
As Americans for Tax Reform noted, taxpayers are shelling out their hard-earned money to pay for largely empty federal government buildings in the D.C. swamp. The federal government owns 511 million square feet of office space. Federal agencies spend an estimated $7 billion annually to operate, maintain, and lease building spaces. And operation expenses include air conditioning, heating, maintenance, and security. Yet, a substantial amount of these expenses are clearly unnecessary. Once again, we're left with a strong case for stricter financial regulation on the government. Underused office space results in financial costs, environmental costs, and opportunity costs. Ironically, the report asserts that emissions are still generated with underutilized spaces. Yet, the EPA uses only 16% of its office space. In other news this week, Convention of States President Mark Meckler said the FBI headquarters should be demolished. And as we just learned, employees aren't even using their office spaces. Okay, at what point do we just say, okay, this is ridiculous. This is a banana republic. This is the way that nation states fall apart. When you target your political enemies with law enforcement, then you have become a banana republic. And that's where we're at. Merrick Garland is a disgrace. The DOJ is a disgrace. The FBI needs to be literally raised to the ground. I, I'm actually serious when I say this. FBI headquarters should be demolished. It should be raised. And that, should, that spot should be in a permanent conservation easement so no building can ever be built there. And there should be a monument to the corruption of the FBI, which started with its inception with J. Edgar Hoover. Well, the Department of Justice was included in the report, and reportedly it only uses 35% of its building space. So maybe the nation and government employees would benefit from the destruction of the headquarters. That's all the news for today. Thank you guys for joining us. It's been another amazing week in the fight for liberty. Remember to go to conventionofstates.com, follow our blog and our social media accounts to stay up to date on what's happening in the world and also what we're doing to push the Article 5 solution across that final finish line. Thank you guys so much for joining us. Subscribe to this podcast and we'll see you next week for a brand new episode of the Liberty Update. You guys have a blessed weekend. God bless.